listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83, where we will be discussing chapter three of Clockwork Prince, Unjustifiable Death. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. I said my name really weird. Amanda. Uh, Amanda. Refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Manda Panda. Panda Manda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Your name is Auntie Mana. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. How's your guys' week been? I have another awkward story from shopping. Ooh, but tell us. Do tell. I put it in I put it into my script, so you'll just have to wait to hear oh, it. Okay. Oh. Stick around. Edge of my seat. Look at Yeah. You've got well. uh, William's birthday <clears throat> this weekend, right? I yeah. do his birth his birthday party. I feel I don't know having it. Like I feel like naughty having a birthday party. How many? Like is it just your family though? Yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't you have them over naughty. for a barbecue like two weeks ago? <laughs> I know, but I just things feel different, man. I know. Yeah, and everyone's and I know that sounds right? silly. Yeah. Except the kids, obviously, but none of right. them are old enough. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're going to be outside. No, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it, right? Like, I took my vaccinated grandma to a funeral on Saturday where everyone was wearing masks. We were all separated. Pretty much everybody was vaccinated that I know of. And she tested positive this week. And so I had to go get a COVID test. It, it came back negative. But, you know, I get it. I mean, even even when you're vaccinated, it's like, ugh, I still don't feel like I'm necessarily safe, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, this is such a bummer. Okay, so. I know. <laughs> does anyone have anything exciting to talk about that's not going to, like, bring us into the doom spiral? I guess I could have talked about the fun parts that we're doing for William's birthday instead right. of bringing up that. Right. I suppose I could have done that. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. You wouldn't be Robin without bringing up the scary stuff. <laughs> Dude, for real. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we're doing his party this weekend. He's. This is the first year he's really, um, as you know, he's had a speech delay and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So this is the first year he's really knows what a birthday party is mm-hmm. able to talk about a birthday party. And he is so excited. Oh, that's like so ecstatic. Cute. We've been counting down the days. He knows how many days tell it is. And Aww. you know, his friends are going to be there and he's so, so, so excited. So we're like ready to go. And he's, awesome. you know, I want a cake, even though he doesn't want to eat it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want people to sing me happy birthday. And he's excited and ready. So it's just very sweet to see him be able to, like, get on board for something. And it made me deep clean my house. And, you know. Yeah, because your house is never clean. No, yeah. that's why I said deep clean. Like baseboards and the inside of the oven. And, you, you, mean you know, the, everyone's going to come in with white gloves. I was going to say, because you're having an outdoor party in your backyard, it's important that your oven is fucking clean. (laughs) The inside of it. Yeah, you're having pizza that's probably (laughs) pre-made. Yeah. I think we're going to pop a Murphy's it because it's cheaper and I'm cheap. Yeah. Use the coupons. Dude. 
<laughs> I'll call my mom, see if she can hook you up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, for real. Seriously. <laughs> that bitch gives us all Papa Murphy's uh, gift cards for Christmas. I mean, it's not all she gets us, but like everyone gets like a mandatory like $20 Papa Murphy's gift That's card. That's so great. When I was a kid, my mom worked at Papa Murphy's and then I did also. And um, we ate so much Papa Murphy's when I was young because my mom got such a good discount that we'd go to my dad's for the weekend and he'd be like, what do you want for dinner? Do you want pizza? And we'd be like, please no. <laughs> Absolutely not. One year I Most saved all like, my... Um, <laughs> sorry, I cut you off. One year I saved all my free Dutch Bros stamps and gave them to my mom. Oh, that's nice. Like I did. I that gave her a so- gift, but I also gave her those. You're such a good person. I would never do right? that for somebody. I'd be like, I earned that bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> I use them to buy Amanda's coffees too. Yeah, she does. She insists sometimes. I'm like, okay, can you please? I know you're going. Like I insist yep. on sending you money. And she's like, don't you dare. <laughs> okay. I do I that these too. Free ones. <laughs> I, I do that to people, but I don't like it when people do it to me. Because mm-hmm. that makes it me feel awkward. awkward. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The only you know person you have a problem when the barista's like, "Oh my god, you have so many points," <laughs> and it's not because we buy it like more than normal people do. I think it's that I don't I hoard them <laughs> like I'm a dragon and it is my treasure. Yeah, because I'm sure most people, when they get enough to get a free one, they just use it. Right. For the but most part. I've gone to the drive through before ordered the coffee and forgot my debit card at home <laughs> and had no way and then they had made it already and the people were she's like I know you'll be back here tomorrow I'll just pay for it then just go it's fine <laughs> I was like I am so embarrassed she's like you'll see you tomorrow so the next day I came and I was like I need to pay for two coffees she's like you're really gonna do that I was like <laughs> I promised I would yes <laughs> that happened to me at a sushi restaurant once I went there so often the guy was like it's fine I know you it's cool it was eight dollars. Like he wasn't worried. <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's great. That's so funny. No, the only person I've ever been like comfortable doing that with is Robin. Uh huh. Same. Because it's like there, like you reach a certain level with somebody where you're like, yeah, it's just it goes back and forth. It all evens out in the end. Y- you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I bought her something the other day at work, and she was like, "Don't let me forget to send you money." I'm like, "Dude, I'm sure I owe you money." It's cool. <laughs> Seriously, I know there's something in there. Like, seriously. No, not anymore. <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. Um, you guys, I think Amanda has something for us. Me, I do. Okay. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> this is from Sparkly Mistake. And um, the title is I Love This Podcast. What, what? Okay. That bad. is a cute name as well. They're all yeah, cute. I know. Very cute. Okay, this says, hey, guys, sending love from Melbourne. And I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly because I heard someone from there, Melbourne, (laughs) trying to tell an American how to say how to pronounce it. And he was getting so frustrated with us stupid Americans. And she was just like, I don't understand because they pronounce it like Melbourne. But I know that's not actually what they're saying. That's just how thick their accent is. Are you talking about 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days? Okay. Yep. Totally. What was that guy's name? I don't remember. It doesn't Ash. matter. Ash. Ash. That Take was it name. to this juicy review. 
Yes. Okay. I'm going to start over. But just so you know, I realize I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Sparkly mistake. I'm sorry. Okay. Starting over. Hey, guys. Sending love from Melbourne. None of my friends have read Shadowhunters, despite my constant nagging. And your podcast gives me my regular dose of Shadowhunter jokes and discussion. Keep doing what you're doing. Aw, thank Heart. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sparkly Mistake. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love I get so excited when we have a review. It's like I know me too. It's like Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like we're oh. so lucky. Right? Well, we're lucky too because they've all been really great so far. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like I'm not just weeding out the bad like one stars. <laughs> wait, wait. I have this specific for this. <laughs> I just knocked on a piece of wood that I keep on my desk that says knock on wood. And on the back, it says around the world. And it tells you how to say knock on wood in like 12 different languages. That's beautiful. Love it. Because I'm a superstitious bitch. Yep. (laughs) I spilt salt the other day on accident. And I almost threw some behind my shoulder. But my dad was there and I was like, he can't see this crazy. (laughs) I can't like, believe you, you did didn't. This. I always do. Yeah. No matter what, I'll, I'll do like a quick turn. Like, like I'll, I'll turn away as I do it. So like no one notices. <laughs> Closeting. Yeah, that's a I stealth move. <laughs> um, but I have a question for you guys. <clears throat> Listen. It's not. It's not a secret that I have a thing for a certain light wood, right? Not a secret. Okay. What has been a secret up until this point is I've got a thing for light woods. And we finally get to see a little bit of that today. Okay. And in honor of that, based on full knowledge of the characters, you do not get to cop out with up to this point. Fuck, Mary kill. Gabriel, Gideon, Alec. <laughs> Jason's in the other room. He's like, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Kristen and I are going to be fighting after this. Oh, we might be. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to fucking kill my baby? Yes, I am. <gasps> oh 100%. 100. I can't remember. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I know we've just in this chapter, I think, finally met Gideon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can't. I had a hard time. I obviously listened the first time to the audiobook, um, distinguishing between Gabriel and Gideon. Like, at mm-hmm. the end, I know which one's which and <laughs> everything. But what they did in between, I have a hard time remembering. But I think I would fuck Gabriel, marry Gideon, kill Alec. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'm remembering them correctly. Listen. Probably you even made right the, now. You probably. made the right choice in who to marry, so I forgive you. Okay, thank you. Between the two brothers, Robin. Um Jason's waiting. Uh Jason I don't is remember waiting. anything about what happens with them at all. Wait. I know what happens in um the last hours, you chain know, chain of gold. Last hours, uh huh. 
but I don't remember anything of Clockwork Prince or Clockwork Princess. I swear to you, I don't. Well, this is cool. So I don't know how to answer this question apart from my knowledge now. (laughs) Okay. I can't explain because I don't know. So I'm just going to say something and I don't know if it's right or not. So ignore me when we do it. Okay. Okay. I feel like I would marry Gideon. Uh Uh-huh. Fuck Alec and kill Gabriel. Okay. I can accept that as well. Okay. Um, my answer is pretty obvious from my response to your answers, but it's marry Alec, fuck Gideon, kill Gabriel. Fucking Gabriel. I'm sorry. I do love right. fucking Gabriel. I will say. He's a little shithead, but. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I was like so excited when I found that on Good mm-hmm. Omens. I had to rewind and like pause it. Right? <laughs> I, was watching, I was like, we have that- to, you have to post that in the thingy. Did you? I know. Is it? Is that what you got it from? Me? Yeah. You're the first one that said I think fucking you're Gabriel. you're the one that said it. Was it oh, me? Oh. I think you. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Probably. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I was going to add it to our story on Instagram is what I was yes, going to do. That's a good idea. Okay. Okay. So after that long sidebar about Lightwoods, um, what do you guys say we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? <laughs> Previously on Downworld or Dish. Charlotte and her band of wannabe detectives are digging for clues to uncover Morty's whereabouts. Their cram sesh is interrupted when Brother Enoch shows up and pulls Charlotte away. Our hormonally hyped angsty teens quickly turn to insults and the gang break away. Will is headed for a walk and Jim and Tessa are headed to tell Charlotte about looking into the archives to see if Morty ever filed a grievance with the clave. Will's walk leads him to Magnus who has a demon locked in a pentagram waiting for Will to question him. Will's teenage drama won't tell Magnus the whole story about his tragic past. We do learn that he opened a Pixis and the demon inside, who is definitely not the one Magnus summoned, placed a curse on him, the details of which Will refuses to divulge. Back at the Institute, Sophie gets her first point of view storyline, and she's wrapped up in her past and what a bag of dicks her last employer was. Mm-hmm. She overhears Jim and Tessa and takes a dip into the jealous sea, hunkering in an empty room to overhear their conversation. The pair drop a set of gear down in front of Jessamine's door and leave. Once the coast is clear, Sophie sees Jessamine stalking out of her room, hunked, hunkered in a disguise. I can't believe you made that pun. Always. <laughs> so silly. So silly. You silly goose. Silly. Wabbit. <laughs> no, I'm, but yeah. when you call me rabbit, it's like Eminem. On eight months. Oh yeah, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, you guys, welcome to my favorite part of the series, the Lightwoods. Just kidding, sort of. It doesn't matter. We'll get to that later. For now, we open the chapter with Tessa trying to figure out pants without Sophie's help. <laughs> <laughs> this is my face. By the she's way. like, she's like, ah, these these things. I got to read the the description of the gear because, you know, as you know, if you've been listening since the beginning, we have an ongoing open debate about what gear actually is. (laughs) It'll never be resolved. It will always be a question. No matter how many verifications we get. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's zip off pants, even back in the 1800s. 
So it's described as, quote, part of the training, of course, was being able to dress uh, and to familiarize oneself with the gear. Flat-soled shoes, a loose pair of trousers made of thick black material, and a long belted tunic that reached nearly to her knees. So so this is, back in the day, this is training gear, not fighting, like, shadow hunting shadows gear. Well, she did say, if you get to this earlier, I'm really sorry, that she. this is what she saw Charlotte wear when she, the first time she saw her fighting. Right. I, there I, is that. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so maybe not. It must be similar. Maybe it's a different fabric, but it's a similar. I think or maybe the pants are the same, but I wonder if the tunic is different. I don't know. I don't know when why I think that. When was the first time that. she saw Charlotte fighting? At the dark house. It was when they came in, huh? The dark house. Yeah. So she was geared up to fight. No, well, she wasn't there. Oh, she wasn't there. No. It must have been when they came back from, um, what's that vampire dude's house? De Quincy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It must have been like the very end. No, but I feel like because she talked about her being in clothes like that. I swear. Oh, it was at the, at the, um, the murder party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they went in and that was the first time she'd seen Charlotte fighting. And she's like, oh, my God, she can really fucking fight. But either way, she it was like it wasn't like she ran downstairs to do something like she was dressed ready for battle. Okay, so they have to be different material. Maybe that's just like a a brain cannon that I'm like, no one would actually wear their real clothes to train in like everyone like you're going to wear something comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not a dress rehearsal. I would wear sweat. Right. You know? <laughs> so Tessa manages to figure out her newfangled clothes, all the while thinking about how Aunt Harriet would have stroked out on the spot seeing her in such an indecent state. <laughs> I mean, like, you can see the shape of her legs. You guys. You know, this reminds me of, um, there was a an episode on, what the hell is that show on Netflix that called The Midwife? Mm. Where Trixie gets to start wearing pants because she was going onto a naval ship or some some sort of a ship to treat a woman that was having a baby. And um, so she got approval to wear pants. And this was obviously, I can't remember when this happened in this show, but it was 50s, 60s, you know, 1950s, 60s. So just to think about a woman wearing pants must have been so odd so far back then. It's just so crazy to think about women not wearing pants. Well, and I feel like women wore pants Mm-hmm. Like in the fifth, w- during that time, like in Call of the Midwife, women wore pants. Mm-hmm. They just weren't, she wasn't allowed to wear them to work. It was not her uniform. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or like women, like my, my grandma wasn't, she wore pants at home, but she was not allowed to wear pants to school. Right. But she wore her brother's Crazy. old Levi's and she called him Levi's. <sighs> so cute. I know that whole, it's, it's just, it's so silly. It's so silly. Yeah. I can't. Can you imagine? Like, do you think they got Chabra back in the Victorian days? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because you're wearing split drawers, right? So you're wearing crotchless, like, linen or or cotton batiste, like, bloomers, right? So there's, like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing in between your legs. You're going to get Chabra, but I'm sure there's, like, you know, lots of talc powder happening. So bad for you. That's great. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it was no better than the arsenic that was in their fucking, like, 
makeup, you know? Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And their wallpaper and their clothes. <laughs> everything oh, green boy. that they had. <laughs> Crazy. They're like, why is everyone dying? I don't understand. <laughs> Dysentery. Right. Fuck. Okay, anyway, back back on track. Fuck. Jasmine already begged off training, claiming a headache. So it's just Sophie and Tessa marching up the up to the training room to face Benny's dicks all by their lonesome. The training room is like an old school gymnasium, like polished floors and like it's got the markings on on the ground and everything Um, with one major exception. Um, There's Middle Earth weapons just lining all the walls. (laughs) 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 It's just massive weapons. (laughs) To which Sophie's reaction is, ugh, don't they look too horrible by half? But, like, it sounds so much better in an English accent, right? <laughs> Anyways, I would like to Too put Too bad in a you can't request. do one. You've R- been banned. <laughs> I have been banned. Right. <laughs> you are not allowed. Don't they look horrible by half? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm leaving it in. Fuck it. Um, so, I'd like to put a formal request in to add this to our list of Victorian sayings that we're trying to make happen again. Yes. Can I get an amen? Can I get a second amen? Amen, third? sister. <laughs> Gives me the horrors. Exactly. Uh, Tessa, I read a book about it. Gray has just, she's just got to flex. She rattles off the names of like different weapons, but falls short with the last one, mistaking an executioner's sword for a claymore. Psh, whatever. Amateur. So, of course, the voice correcting her from above is none other than the angel himself, Jen. Okay, so, are you guys, are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. I envision Jem, like, rappelling down from the rafters, Mission Impossible style, right? Back muscles rippling as he lands perfectly in a crouch. Looking up through thick lashes and tousled hair, he locks eyes with Tessa, holding her gaze as he slowly rises to his full height. <laughs> right? Like, in my head, that's what's happening. I don't care what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not how I took it exactly. <laughs> I have a different view of Jem than you do. So <laughs> this is our Alec. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Wait, what do you mean? You don't like Jem? I don't not like Jem. I just don't think he sounds very hot. You're like maybe hot Sorry. with a fever because he's sick. Exactly. I feel <laughs> so bad, but I mean, they, she does such a good job making him sound sickly. I'm like, I just, he sounds like gaunt, I guess. I don't right. know. Like, <laughs> just, like, mm. like um, <sighs> All Might when he's in his regular form, like that. Who? What? From My Hero Academia. You didn't watch it with Bren? No. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> it's good. No. <laughs> no i can't oh, i can't great. i i don't want no that's her thing i don't i don't need to get into that nope awesome. she can go to oh God, dude this this girl i'm just happy she's reading like i don't even care that it's fan fan fiction <laughs> like she's reading anime fan, fan fiction like that's what she likes to read and i'm like fucking go for it i don't even care 
<laughs> You're reading. <sighs> That's great. <laughs> okay, back to the story. <laughs> Jim's like, yeah, no, the Lightwoods are just like being dicks. They're they're late because they they want to prove a point that they don't have to be on time. Yeah. And Tessa wishes aloud that Jim could just train them, but he hasn't finished his training yet. And also he's dying, so that isn't really up for so he's not really up <laughs> for the task. But like that part was silent. It was like silent Jim will communication, but like Tessa's picking up on it. She must have read a book on mm-hmm. it. So Sophie saves the awkward moment by asking the real question, like, how much of this training are we actually going to have to do? (laughs) Right. Like, is this PE in high school where we can just walk? Right. Where the gym teacher does not give a shit anymore. He's like, look, you can play basketball. You can walk the whole time. Like, I will fucking walk. You're like, "Ah, great. I have some gossip I need to get caught up on. So. Yep. (laughs) Play basketball. Dumb. Okay, I have to read this next part from the book because it's important and emotional and I cannot do it justice. So this is Jem talking. Quote, there's nothing to be frightened of, Sophie, he said in his gentle voice, and you'll be glad of it. It's always useful for a beautiful girl to be able to defend off the unwanted attentions of gentlemen. Sophie's face tightened, the livid scar in her cheek standing out as red as if it had been painted there. Don't make fun, she said. It isn't kind. Jem looked startled. Sophie, I wasn't. But Jem doesn't get to finish because ding dong, the dicks are here. Gabriel and and Gideon have entered the chat. Okay, so before we get into this, let's unpack, shall we? Dude, I have totally been in Jem's shoes. Where you say something that you do not mean for it to go one way. And then it, and then you're just like, oh, fuck. No, 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 no. That's my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean it. I mean. Uh, mm. well, we just learned in the last chapter about how Jessamine was making fun of her. And like, right. you know, Will does it every once in a while and mm-hmm. stuff. And she's afraid. She doesn't like to look in the mirror. Right. Much. And Gosh, obviously she feels this way about Jim, but it's never been reciprocated. Uh-huh. But it seems weird that I feel like she would know that he wasn't making fun of her. I agree. She knows he's kind. Because he's never done it to anyone, I'm sure. Yes. But she's in love with Jem. And she does not mm-hmm. think Jem is – she doesn't think her she is capable of being beautiful and someone finding her beautiful. So the fact – and also the fact that she's in love with Jem and thinks, like, there's no way he could ever love her back. She's not being rational about – Exactly. Like, yeah. You know. She obviously doesn't have that confidence at all where she just no. automatically jumps to that. No. Yeah. It's, it, and she automatically rejects the idea that he could possibly find her beautiful. Yeah. It's fucking heartbreaking. Like I haven't showered in two days and my husband's going to come home and tell me I'm beautiful and I'm going to laugh in his face. I'm going to bah-ha-ha in his face. (laughs) (laughs) That's what this is. (laughs) We have different relationships because when I look like a troll, my husband's like, whoa, you look like a troll. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) He's like, I still love you. He'll still kiss me. But he's like, you kind of start to smell. You should probably take a shower. You know, 
It's nice to have someone to tell you that. <laughs> Just out there. Let me put it out there. I do have good personal <laughs> hygiene. Okay. I always take a shower before I start to smell. showing off your personal hygiene after I just said I haven't showered in two days thanks a lot (laughs) I'm not saying that I shower every day I just make sure I don't smell I just reapply deodorant (laughs) um Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were they your parents (laughs) I'm just kidding what did they do oh my god it's like the new celebrity thing to talk about how often you shower yep because they were saying they don't bathe their kids every day they just wash them when they're dirty or when they which start what to I smell, do. which is like every couple of days. That's what you do. What are you gonna what What are you gonna do if your kid's dirty? You wash them. I'm in a lot of mom groups, and there's some people that talk about how they give their kids baths every day or every other day. And my kid has dry skin, yo, and I'm lazy, so we're every two to three days. If he's dirty, if he's been just hanging out in the house, we haven't gone outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes he'll just hop in the shower with me because it's faster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, William had really bad eczema, so we're playing the same game, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I don't. That's I don't great. have fucking time for that, bro. <laughs> I don't. I, I really don't. Oh my god, this is what a weird tangent. Here. Okay, go okay, back. So I want you to read this part because I'm excited about what it made me think of. So let's do this. Okay. Okay. So wait, where am I? Did, I already Gabriel read it, and right? Gideon enter the chat. Oh, okay, you didn't okay, finish yeah. it. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Gabriel and Gideon enter the chat, and boy, what an entrance it is. Not even Tessa can, can deny the raw sexual appeal of the Lightwoods. Meow. <laughs> but they are not alone. They brought Thomas and Agatha's replacements, Cyril and Bridget. So. Okay. Really quickly, Uh I have to say that while I was rereading this today, it made me think of like, because it was described that one of them or both of them were were wearing like gloves. Yes. With like things on the knuckles and stuff. And and this is not. With studs. Totally made me think of, what's that dude, Robin from Grandma's Boy? Please sit on my face. Oh, JP. Yeah. Yeah, That's JP. Made me think of him. (laughs) And I don't know why. I don't think he wore gloves. He just had a leather jacket. Yeah. <laughs> a leather trench coat. He's I thought he was that badass. Yeah. A gauntlet. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. That's not sexy, but that's what it made me think of. <laughs> Whatever. They I just, both- I had an ish. Okay, anyway, keep going, keep Wait, going. Wait, no, you've got an itch to scratch? What? No, I was going to say an issue, but we haven't even reached it yet, so you go. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to read the description of... Uh, the, the newcomers. So both wore <laughs> servants clothes. One was a young woman who was the very definition of raw boned. Her bones seemed too big for her skinny, awkward frame. Her hair was a bright scarlet drawn back into a chignon under a modest hat. Her bare hands were red and scrubbed looking. Tessa guessed she was about 20. Beside her stood an Asgardian god. Okay. So. quote unquote (laughs) right (sighs) so so poor Shofi 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 poor 
poor Sophie is. Wait, no, let's talk about that. Hold on. So Bridget, raw boned. I've never heard anyone else described as that. Thank you, Cassandra Clare, for opening my vocabulary. (laughs) An awful grandma description of what a grandma would say. Every time I saw my grandma, she told me that I was getting fatter. Literally every time. You look like you've gained some weight. Okay? Literally every time. I loved her to death, but it's just a grandma thing. So I feel like a grandma would be like, you look raw boned. You need to eat something. I feel like that's a grandma thing to say. Well, I'm glad that you pointed all of this out because it's funny. When I thought of Bridget the first time, I pictured her as like a kind of plumpy, looks like me, sort of. Because of later we because she's hear a cook. about like how she's Yeah, and she sings and stuff yeah. and like she just you know, I just the way her personality and stuff, I just imagined her to kinda of look plumpy like me, you know? But uh yeah, I, not at all. I can't even picture her now. Right. It's like like and I, I like I like the idea or not the idea, but I like the description of like her red hands, like she's she works. So her hands are, you know, her tools or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it definitely like shows you the the status of people, especially like in this time of like uh-huh. Yeah, you couldn't hide the fact that like you were manual labor, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um okay. So poor Sophie is so shocked that she thinks Tom it's Thomas at first, but Cyril goes on to explain that he's Thomas's brother. And oh my God, how fucking sad dude. I just don't like, they knew from the meeting where they're like, you have two weeks mm-hmm. to find Morty McFly. Uh-huh. <laughs> how did they not tell Sophie that Cyril was coming and it was Thomas's brother. She should have been expecting that. Right. That no one thought to, like, yeah. warn her. Uh-huh. Warn anyone, really. Yeah. yeah. I do like what Jem says here. It definitely... Right. Um, I'll let you go. But, yeah, I like it. Well, and also, I don't know that they were even told who their replacements would be. They did, because I remember writing about it. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, or, cool. I don't remember. Maybe we just knew it as the reader, but I don't think so, because everything in this information is coming dialogue. Right. I feel yeah. like because she what happens during the council meeting is she's saying like, how are you going to give me two weeks? Like, I don't even have a staff. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's okay. We're going to send you um, Cyril Thomas's brother and this girl from the Dublin Institute are on their way. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. I remember now. Now that you yeah. said that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. What? Yeah, that had to have been. Sh- it would shake me. Yeah. Well, because they they look so much alike. You know, those god genes they run deep. They're not like Loki and Thor. No. Well, I mean, Loki's adopted. Okay, I was gonna say they're supposed to be brothers. Obviously, I don't watch that stuff, but I know who you're talking uh, about. Uh-huh. <laughs> that stuff. And I'd like to clarify: they're both equally good looking. Um, no. I'm just saying they look opposite. Um, listen, Tom Hiddleston <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth, yes, I find equally attractive. Yeah. And I'm going to get, a, this is a hot take. I'm going to get a lot of hate from this. 
and by a lot of hate, I mean, you're going to think a lot of hate and you're not going to do anything about it because I'm not important enough to talk about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't love Loki's costume and how he appears. I, I don't like the long black hair. It doesn't match. It's his a face. little like Severus Snapey, like how it was supposed mm-hmm. to be in the books, but not hot. like greasy yeah. and like. Mm-hmm. Because Alan Rickman I, I know is what hot. You mean. Ex- ob- obviously, right? Obviously, that's what my hair looks like today. But <laughs> have you watched? This will be the last. The uh, new his uh, TV show. Whose TV show? With Loki. Oh yes, show? just just yeah. the first uh, episode. I have not watched past that. You got to do it. I know it's good because Wow anyway. is in there. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Where the fuck am I? Okay. Um, Jim. Yeah, thank God Jem puts voice to the obvious. No one could replace Thomas and Agatha. They weren't just employees; they were their friends. Fucking Gabriel. And after some heavy, awkward fucking Gabriel is like, okay, yeah, well, they're yours now, so do what you want. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we were just supposed to bring him here. Anyway. Like, they're not our responsibility anymore. <laughs> and Jim's suspicious. He's like, you're telling me that these guys are all trained up? Like, really? And Gideon pipes up from his brooding position in the corner to answer that Bridget and Cyril were brought up in good Shadowhunter homes and trained well. And then this motherfucker has the balls to ask Jem if he wants a demonstration. (laughs) And he doesn't. I feel like he's talking about them like they're dogs. He doesn't say it in Mm -hmm. a mean way. He just it's like a very matter of fact. Like, would you like a demonstration? Like. Whatever. Yeah, it's a very like detached way of speaking about them because they are to them quote unquote servants and so they're Mm -hmm. lower class Mm -hmm. crazy yep it's gross uh and a demonstration they have uh gabriel (laughs) (laughs) it took my brain a second to realize you were messing up i was like wait am i stroking out (laughs) Nope, that's just me. No clue what you just said. So, <laughs> Gabriel grabs a couple swords off the wall and tosses one to Searle, who plucks it out of the air like the thunder god he is. And they sp- dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Everybody, let's get dangerous. Sorry. So they spar for a while, Searle doing well to keep up. But Tessa can tell Gabriel is holding back. Like, he's just kind of toying with him. And then once they've they've been sufficiently wowed, Gabriel easily disarmed uh, Cyril. And I just got to read this next part because it's too fucking good. It sure is. There was, I, I knew there was no doubt in, in my mind when I was like, oh, this is in my part. Yeah, I got to read this. Like, there's no, you can't, you can't do it better. Cassie achieved perfection with this scene. <laughs> Tessa couldn't help but feel almost indignant on Cyril's behalf. No human could best a shadow hunter. Wasn't that the point? The point of Gabriel's blade rested an inch from Cyril's throat. Cyril raised his hands in surrender, a smile much like his brother's easy grin spreading across his face. I yield. There was a blur of movement. Gabriel yelped and went down, his sword skittering from his hand. 
His body hit the ground, Bridget kneeling atop his chest, her teeth bared. She had slipped up behind him and tripped him while no one was looking. Now she whipped a small dagger from the inside of her bodice and held it against his throat. Gabriel looked up at her for a moment, dazed, blinking his green eyes. Then he began to laugh. And that, my friends, like, I know there's a lot to unpack, right? So first, this moment, this is the moment that I started to fall in love with fucking Gabriel. Not sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's a lovable scene right there. So do with that what you will. Second, and most importantly, Bridget is a badass motherfucker. Oh, my God. I just think it's so funny that she was just like, I got to get in on this, man. She's like, well, okay, so this is headcanon. This, there's no, this is all conjecture, okay? But in my heart, I would like to think that she was like, she saw what Tessa saw, that Gabriel was like showing off and kind of being a dick about it, right? Uh-huh. And so like this was coffee. her way to like knock him down a couple pegs. I would like would like to believe that. Like she's like, yeah, yeah. okay, I'll demonstrate and then I'll kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, she's got to show off a little bit too. But yeah, I agree. Oh, I just, just love that you know oh. the dagger was hers too. Like that she brought uh, yeah. that with her. That's hers. Right. That's in her bodice. Like that was not something yep. she yeah. In her boobie. She's she's a bad bitch. <laughs> Fucking the Dublin Institute ain't no joke. <laughs> it reminds me of uh the water boy. What's her name? Uh, oh, yeah. his girlfriend. What's oh. her name? I don't remember. I don't remember. Do you want me to kill them? <laughs> and he's just like, I'm gonna Google no, because it it's going to bug me. Dude. She, okay, so- I think it's Valerie, but I don't know if that's right. Vicky. Vicky. Yeah, that's the name that tracks that name tracks. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. So as if he sensed he was being upstaged, Will saunters in with a golf clap and a very impressive. He gets a uh, he gets up to them, and picks up fucking Gabriel's sword, back muscles full on rolling at this point, and points it at Bridget and delivers arguably the best line in the book. "Quote, but can she cook?" love it I love it it was, it was clever it's funny it's perfectly will I love it he's Perfect such a timing. I know but, dude but he, where do you think he was because he was all like disheveled basically right I think he was like running do through the streets <laughs> I mean <laughs> I listen you <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> like summoning a demon <laughs> I feel like you could very well leave Magnus's house looking like that. Hey, well. <laughs> or a rat. You could do, you could leave it looking like a rat too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's some fan fiction okay. I will read. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> moving on. So yeah, fuck you, Harrendale. I hate it when you make me love you. So I'll be damned if Bridget isn't just as captivated by will's hot bad boy vibes as the rest of us mm-hmm. she's like oh shit <laughs> like, a literal god just walked in here <laughs> Aww, poor girl and after a bit of banter about the percentage of per- potato <laughs> fuck 
after a bit of banter about the percentage of potatoes Bridget would be using in her meal plans, Jem and Will escort the new employees down to Charlotte's office for orientation. Even shadow hunters have to file taxes. I like what I like that I laugh at my jokes. Like really? Like I just do it to make me laugh. And I'm like, I hope they laugh too, but it doesn't matter. Either way, I'm laughing. I got this. <laughs> so Gabriel's like, let's get crackalackin'. And Gideon says something in Spanish. And I caught about as much as Sophie and Tessa, like Estupida and Padre are basically like all I've got. But I didn't translate this because we have our own translator on this podcast and I'm lazy. So Rubin, if you will. It says, uh, this is the most stupid idea our fathers ever had. The, the most. Okay, gotcha. So basically it's the worst idea ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my uh. thing. It was just like, do both of them speak Spanish or is he literally just like talking to himself? Is he complaining to himself in Spanish? Because well, I know right. he went to the Madrid Institute. Right. Yeah. Robin, how but does that would, mean Gabriel does too? How would we know that he went to the Madrid is- Institute if he didn't slip into Spanish? Because like they all said bilingual they characters do. Back from Madrid. Naturally. Obviously. <laughs> they said it in the first one. So, Robin, you obviously, this is just a, a sidebar a little bit. Obviously, you speak Spanish, but not as your first language. Do you ever think in Spanish like that, where you get frustrated as it being your second language? There's words that don't translate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know a good word to replace it, but in, most of them are like feelings, mm. oh, like an emotion okay. or a feeling and stuff. And we basically only speak Spanish at home mm-hmm. because we want to teach it to the kids. So, yeah, all the time. Hmm. Okay. Which I understand, like, if he was, like, embedded, obviously, you're immersed in the culture and you're only speaking the language of, you know, where you're at. Mm-hmm. So I get, like, if he had recently, because he's, it's been recent since he's been called back. And he right. was very vague about it. He's like, my dad called me back, but, like, won't say when. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Jem tried to be nice and they, mm-hmm. they won't let him, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to keep him at arm's length. So, I don't know. Well, because it says, this is this is the most stupid idea our father has ever had. Uh-huh. So, it's like he, it sounds like he maybe, maybe Gabriel does yeah. mm-hmm. speak Spanish, but he doesn't respond to him. Mm-mm. Hmm. Hamas. Interesting. And I don't think he it's ever does. So, I don't know. That might just be a, you know, one of those things. Yeah, maybe we'll never know. <laughs> their first day of training consisted mostly of balancing and blocking exercises fucking gabriel worked with tessa and um he was way more patient than she had expected and gideon worked with sophie uh so while tessa was busy focusing on her own training she was just too busy to focus on um gideon and sophie to see how they were getting along but she did notice <laughs> that there were a few times that gideon muttered in spanish mm-hmm. so i assume <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't as patient as Gabriel, which I think is funny. <laughs> uh, so after they were done, Tessa was got bathed or whatever, bathed herself and got dressed um, for dinner with Henry, Will, and Jem. And um, she's super hungry after that really physical day. And she's like 
almost stoked, it sounds like, for this roast that Bridget made. So she lived up to her cooking skills, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sophie and Cyril serve the dinner. And I am just, like, so mad that Sophie has to serve mm-hmm. after going through the same thing that Tessa just mm-hmm. did. And I really hope that she didn't have to come help Tessa get dressed and take a bath. I'm hoping that Tessa did all that herself because she's done it before. So, well... You know she's the one that that drew Tessa's bath. Sophie probably did not get a bath herself because she had work to do. Yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't have time in in that amount of time. I'm sure she had to show around the new people too. Mm -hmm. So she probably had. Yeah. It's super annoying that they don't have more people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cuz they obviously especially when she's busy. Well, and it's obviously unusual for an institute not to have as many people. Mhm. Sounds like it. Right. Cuz cuz they're like you know what I mean? Like I understand that there's not very many of them, but it's a big household. You need more than one housekeeper. Right? Well, I mean just to light all those goddamn fireplaces. Right? <laughs> well, they light their own fires, remember? Oh, that's true. Good point. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Good point. But there's three <sighs> there's three grown women that will at some point need help with their clothes because in that era, like, you couldn't usually get dressed by yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Depending on what you're Physically, wearing. Yeah. Like, you, you actually need another set of hands. So it's like. You know, and I, I guess, yeah. I'm split. surprised that. Uh-huh. Where she, what's she supposed to mm-hmm. do? Yeah. Uh, luckily, Jessamine didn't come down for dinner. Right. Because you know she would have had to help her. Yeah. Do uh-huh. her hair. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, at the table, Tessa's like in La La Land, shower thinking about Sophie liking Jem and how <laughs> she doesn't think that Jem feels the same way about Sophie. Um, and also kind of thinking about how mundanes can't marry shadow hunters, except Jem's dad left the shadow hunters because he did and blah 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 she's thinking all right. that Will's shit dead. she's thinking of Will's dead. Yeah. oh yes sorry thank yeah. you yeah and um so Jem brings her back to reality and says like she's just like i'm just tired it's cool like look at all the shit i did today right sophie mm-hmm. as you're carrying a pot roast yep yep <laughs> and um he's instantly like oh i have a cure for that <laughs> Anyway, it's some sort of like an ointment or something that the silent brothers make for sore muscles. Uh-huh. And so he tells her to come to his. Yeah. He, he's like, come to my room before bed and I'll give you some. And she starts to flush about it. And then he sees her flushing and he starts to flush. Like, they're just such teenagers. It's adorable. It's, it's a domino <laughs> reaction of flushing. Yeah. Uh, so they're both. I, I think the thing is, is Tessa is remembering when she was in Jem's room mm-hmm. and that sort of making her blush on top of the fact that he just invited her sort of to his room, obviously. Right. But Will sort of catches on to that, I think. Oh. And so they kind of, Oh yeah, they he pull does. Back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Is this where she's like, it's just Jim? Yes. yes. She says that sometime in this chapter, she's like, ah, whatever, but it's just Jim. Like yep. he's just a friend yeah. or whatever. I think, I think it was after. something like she didn't. Oh wait. Yeah. yeah. She, she didn't feel like she looked good enough or something like that or it was up in the it was in the when they were getting ready to go upstairs I think yeah. I don't know it doesn't matter you're right she said it yeah <laughs> yep I didn't like it yep she said that yeah it was like immediately she said after that. she felt weird <laughs> and she was like oh wait why am I feeling like that that's weird it's just gem like, oh yeah because yeah, she was in her ear right? feelings bitch uh-huh. yeah <laughs> silly 
Dude, I, I guess just want just to like because he's nice enough. Like mm-hmm. he's like, do you need some on your? Do you need me to put some sunblock on your back? <laughs> we'll yes. rub it on for you. Well, okay. So obviously, a warlock, which is what we are pretty sure Tessa is now, right? That she would need something like yeah. that, or a Mundy would need that. But why would a shadow hunter need an ointment of some kind when they have runes? I don't know. Anyway, it seems weird. Well, because. Well, I- I don't think they heal all the way, like, because the Narazzi can be run out, right? So, like, you okay, could have a wound fair. that needs more than one Narazzi, or, you know, it heals faster, but it's still going to take time to heal. So maybe it's like an right. additional. Because it is more healing. Her muscles are sore is what this is for. Right. I always feel point, like us in my head, a Narazzi was like for, I don't want to say superficial, because that's not what I mean, but like your um your skin's broken open you have a giant bruise or whatever mm-hmm. and it kind of takes that risk of infection away or mm-hmm. that healing thing but i feel like your muscles still sore and you still have to recover mm-hmm. that okay. way okay that's fair i don't know I, I don't think that's ever explained <laughs> that's just how i took it right yeah. okay well that would make sense so let's go with it <laughs> and maybe you, when kids you can't get your first rune until you're Oh, that's true. How old, Kristen? Thirteen, right? Twelve. Twelve? Twelve. I believe. And yeah. But you're still training before, so they would right. need it uh-huh. for that also. Makes sense. Okay, you got me. Actually, Thank you. no. Yes? I think they get their first rooms by the time they're 12, or like around 12. I don't think it's like a set like on your 12th birthday you get this I I think it's like case by case but it's usually around that time I believe is what we've been told okay okay well Charlotte busts into the room Henry style (laughs) (laughs) and she's like Jim you were right I found it and I just feel like she looks just a mess like she's just so stoked Mm -hmm. she's just pulling a Henry and um, so she shows them the records from 1825 from Mortmain requesting re- recompense. That's a long time <laughs> <for> ago. <laughs> yeah. For the unjustified deaths of his parents, John Thaddeus and Anne Evelyn Shade. And so Tessa puts together that the initials on that watch that Mortmain tried to hand her were JTS. So it must have been his father's watch. And she wonders why Mortmain doesn't have their surname and is quickly, her question is quickly answered by the fact that um, they realized that the parents were warlocks, so they must have adopted him. Apparently, it's pretty common. And Will, like, kind of gives Tessa, like, a look. And she's like, is he thinking about how I can't have children? Yes. Or is he just looking at me? Or, um. <laughs> He's thinking like, about yeah, how totally much is. he was a dick to you when he told you you can't have kids. I hope you're right. I thought it was Jem that was looking at her. I need to read this for content better. This wasn't my spot yet. That's a fine. I mean, you're making me question myself, but I'm pretty sure it was Will. I'm um, sure you're so- right. It's your section. I'm sure you were reading it better. But I thought it was like Jem being like, see, you can't. There's other options. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kiddo. Kiddo. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking that. <laughs> but again, I was reading fast because I was just trying to get you're to my fine. spot. Yeah. <laughs> So these unjustified deaths that Mortmain was claiming means that um, the shadow hunters, uh, sorry. <sighs> so this claim means that um, his parents were killed by shadow hunters without having broken a law. 
and there's notes in the file um I assume from the shadow hunters that were conducting the investigation <laughs> right. about, uh, yeah, that like, basically it was because of unnatural and illegal dealings with demons. They were accused of creating a weapon that could destroy shadow hunters. And um, first of all, I have a question that do you think that what Magnus is doing summoning demons is different? I guess he's just summoning them and asking them questions, but oh, I think if this was back in that day, because because Charlotte says that it was before the accords, yeah. I think if if Magnus was caught doing what he was doing today back in that day, he would be yeah. I think that they would be like, yeah. time to die. Yeah, just something so simple. Yeah. But his is a little bit different than what I assume they must have been doing because why do you need a demon? Well, and like Charlotte says, it's it like. That's super vague. Like it could mean anything. So it's like, it's uh-huh. like the shadow hunters are writing the report and they're just like, yeah, he was just found guilty of, you know, crimes. And because they just <laughs> wanted to kill him. Right. Crimes. I checked w- this box. It's probably one of those things where they were out in the field, killed them. And then afterwards they did the paperwork. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Charlotte does describe that um, this was before the Accords and that Shadowhunters could kill Downworlders like basically with a lot less proof. So that's very possible. Um, so Mortmain had filed this under the Aegis of Alonius, Alonis, Aloysius, Aloysius. Aloysius. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See how long it's been since I've listened? Audiobook. <laughs> like, there is no uh, yeah, fucking exactly. way I would have been able to pronounce that book by reading or that name by reading it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's a Starkweather, and it was through the New York Institute. And so I'm going to be honest, I had Wait, to look up the AG is. Did you just say New York? Yeah. It's the York Institute. It was. Oh, was it? Yeah. I. That's crazy. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> She's like, he was friends with my father. And I'm like, that's a really far trip. But I was like, I guess Mortmain was in America. So, okay, you know, <laughs> that makes more sense. I was reading too fast, just like Robin. Thank yep. you. Uh, that's great. Like so, it. anyway, I had to look up this word because I'd never heard that word before. And um, so, in case you had to do the same thing, let me tell you that it means to be supported or backed by a person or organization. So this must mean that Mortmain had to, maybe because he's a Monday, he had to be like sponsored sort of to submit this request to the Institute. It's interesting. A- Aegis? A- Not Aegis? important. Yeah. Aegis. Okay. Aegis, I think is how, I don't know. Yeah. No, I totally <laughs> just skipped over it and was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to Google it because I was just like, I got to know what this actually means. It meant what I thought it did, but yeah. <laughs> so Starkweather had to basically, it sounds like, kind of say, yeah, I agree with this. Let's put this in there. Um, so Mortmain wasn't asking for money, just that the shadow hunters involved be tried and punished, which sounds pretty reasonable, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially for him. Exactly. That's why I'm just never like, never going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So this also makes sense because here I had a question. The trial was refused by the London Institute because they believed that the shades were guilty. And I'm confused. I'm like, why is London getting involved? Because we're in New York. So everything makes sense now. So no more questions from me on that part. (laughs) 
Well, but, you know, Starkweather, New York, York. There's another right. Stark. Yeah. I mean, it, it all exactly. I got it you, all mel- melded. I together. saw how you Thank got there. You. <laughs> I actually did think about it, and I was like, I guess he was in America anyway. So Charlotte realizes that. Say his name again for me, Kristen. Aloysius. Aloysius. Aloysius Starkweather. <laughs> Fergalicious for, definition. <laughs> so um, she realizes that he is still alive and he's still running the York Institute. <laughs> so she needs to ask him for the records and she hopes that he might remember the circumstances um, because obviously when these were filed, he was involved and now he's like 89, I think it says. It's so like, oh, hopefully he has a good memory. <laughs> But it also makes me wonder, like, how old is Mortmain then? Right. Because Mortmain's, like, I I believe when they, when Charlotte and Henry first met him, he looked like he was, like, in his 40s, 50s. Like, yeah, not, not that old. And what year are we in again? 1878. 80s? Okay. So, I mean, he has to be at least. So, when he made the request in 1825. And it was 10 years after the death of his parents so that was 1815 so basically i want to know how old mortmain is whatever but she also doesn't really charlotte doesn't want to go talk to starkweather because like this dude and her dad used to be friends and there was some terrible falling out that she doesn't know about and they just completely stopped talking so she's like this is gonna be awkward So, of course, Will has to be annoying, and he jumps in with a quote from some poem about, like, best friends or best brothers or something. And Charlotte is doing the same thing. She's so over it. She's like, stop, please. I have enough going on. Yeah. But, of course, Tessa's super into it, and she recognizes the quote but can't remember the rest of it because she's so distracted, once again, by Will's beauty. And I'm just like, dude. Get over it. My husband is hot, okay? I'm into him. But I have never been so distracted by his eyes that I can't remember something. No. <laughs> Love you. He's so offended right now. <laughs> Drop jaw. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so she jumps up and she goes off to her to her office or whatever. And Henry um, basically follows her like a sweet husband because he wants to go to the kitchen and talk to Bridget about making sure Charlotte can eat dinner. But he does say maybe she can make her some cold chicken. And I'm like, maybe she could just heat it up real quick. Okay, listen, (laughs) this is something that she brings up more than once. I don't know if it's in this series, but I know for a fact in the next series, which is like later in 1903. Timeline next series. Yeah, timeline next series. Anyways, they talk about like cold chicken from the kitchen. So I think I feel like they roast a chicken and then they they have like chicken meat like just chilling for snackies. Okay, like rotisserie style. Husband does that like keto diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I think it's like a thing of like oh, if you're hungry, like here's a good like protein snack. Interesting. It'll keep you going. Yeah. Did some research and you're going to use that research. (laughs) As soon as Henry left the room, our faithful pair of bro ties launched into a discussion involving reparations, accords, downworkers, laws, basically a giant mess of shadow hunter jargon that leaves Tessa's head spinning. 
So she decides that she's really not into it and she just needs to factory reset. So she decides to head to the library. <sighs> you guessed yeah. it. Ding, ding, ding. Always in the library. She heads to the library and I still cannot read it anything about this place and not imagine that scene from Beauty and the Beast where Belle's like singing in the library and she's sliding around on this giant ladder and Tessa doesn't do any of this mind you like I just like it lame (laughs) and then the sheep came up to her while she's reading it's so sweet a sheep singing all over town isn't it a sheep it's oh. a cat in this book. Oh, oh, yes. When she's okay, gotcha. Belle, got it, got it. I was yeah, like, Belle. wait, there was a sheep. <laughs> so talking about Belle here. There's a sheep at the institute. <laughs> He's just like, you've been dead. Okay. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> you've been bad. <laughs> that was good. Oh, God. Okay, Tessa <laughs> is the she. What I'm saying, she here. Okay. Yeah. She does, however, have some eternal monologue about how the way the books smell, ink and paper, leather, and how the dust settles just makes the whole place feel like a warm hug. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that I remember us having a similar conversation about physically having a book versus the Kindle editions. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Mm -hmm. Tessa spots Church sleeping on a high book stand, and she makes a note to avoid him as he's known to bite everyone except Jim, that is. Dude. Sushi, my cat, loves hanging at the highest point in the kitchen on top of a set of cabinets. And I imagine if she was reading this book, she'd be like, oh, my God, guys, that's me. Hashtag relatable. (laughs) That's great. It's perfect. Of course, Tessa's having that anxious feeling, that tick ticking in the back of your mind, if you will, because she wants to figure out how the rest of that quote that Will said goes. And since she doesn't have a Google machine in her pocket, she has to go looking up. Which was what my parents' default answer to, how do you spell? Yep. Was. And I'm like, how am I supposed to look it up if I don't want to freaking spell it? Sound it out and look at the dictionary. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That was the answer. Yep. So you'd spend fucking 20 minutes trying to find propensity because you don't know how to fucking (laughs) spell it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I make such a bad error that, like, Microsoft Word doesn't know what I want to say either. And I then got I got to change man. it. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to thesaurus that so you can find the word. Mm-hmm. Shift F7. That's the <laughs> okay. thesaurus shortcut. Listen, I not everybody's going to do this because why would you? But because I, I write. So I have Grammarly loaded on all my computers. Fucking lifesaver. It, and, it, and it works on everything. It works on all, like, it works on all my websites like messenger and stuff if i'm on my computer grammarly will be like no bitch that's wrong (laughs) (laughs) you forgot the comma like what are you doing because yeah i i am a writer who has written 17 books and does not know how to use a comma okay like 100 percent tried i have tried to learn how to use a comma multiple times i i don't understand it and i never will (laughs) so I pay a robot to tell me where yeah. to put the comma. Anyway. Good job. Grammarly's great. Technology. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Yes, I love technology. Especially Grammarly. Well, 
I like it because I just computer. installed it and I don't have to do anything else to manage it. It just works. That Fair. is pretty cool. Yeah. I am bad at technology. Hashtag not sponsored. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to be funny. Okay, guys. Tessa finds the book. It's called Christabel. Flips it open to find the passage. And the scene is one in which this old dude realizes that this girl standing in front of him is the daughter of his once best friend, now mortal enemy. And so the book goes. Alas, they had been friends in youth. But whispering tongues can put the poison truth. <laughs> and constancy lives in realms above. And life is theory and youth is vain. And to be wroth with one we, with one we love doth work like madness in the brain. Each spoke words of high disdain and insult to his heart's best brother. They parted ne'er to meet again. And of course, drama for the sake of drama, which I, for one, am living for, Will catches her reading through the book and without a sense of compassion, freaking calls her out on it. Dude, how embarrassing. I would be (laughs) so dead. I would die. There's no way. I feel like I would just tell him the truth. Like, bro, you said that, and then it, I couldn't get out of my mind, and I couldn't remember it, so I had to go look it oh up. Oh, my yeah. God, no. Like, I wouldn't want him to think I was thinking about him. That's fair. Especially with these two. Right. Okay, are you guys... We finally caught up. Are you ready for my funny story from this ready. weekend? Yes. My awkwardness. Yes. Okay? I took my daughter to the mall to try on clothes yesterday, mm-hmm. and... We needed a fitting room, so we asked for a fitting room, and the employee knocked on the dressing room, and no one answered. So they just unlocked the door and opened it. <gasps> but guess what? It was Occupado. There was somebody in there changing, and she was just like, ah, 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 and kind of closed the door, and she's like, I, I, I guess I'll come back later. And so later came around, and so oh, she no. had to come back to let us in. And she's like, okay, I'm going to make sure I knock a few times and talk really loudly. So then, of course, I had to tell her, like, you're the bravest person I've ever met in my entire life. Because if it was me, I literally would have ran out of the store screaming and just never came back. Yep. I would not work here anymore. Nope. I would be done. Yep. <laughs> There's no way. I, I couldn't do that. You were so brave. And I was, it was, it was legitimately. And she was just okay. like, oh, thank you. Okay. But like, what if the person in the dressing room is deaf? Knocking and and talking louder is not going to help. Yeah. Maybe you should have a I different don't know. system. Oh, I, I don't know. Places like write your name on the door. Look or something. underneath to see if there's feet because there's always a fucking gap because we live in America and we don't believe in privacy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Okay. I don't know. That's what I would have done if you were Tessa. If Is yeah, or if I worked or if you at were Hot the- Topic. <laughs> yeah. Bye. It was nice doing you guys. Worked here for twenty years. Peace out. <laughs> yep. You Fuck my retirement. You have my forwarding address. <laughs> yep. You can mail me my check. Okay. Anyway, yep. <laughs> that's how I would feel. Tessa stands ground because, as I've said a thousand times, she's braver than me. So we'll ask her, like, what are you checking? Like, are you testing my accuracy? And she stares at him. She's just like, she's been caught red-handed. She's staring at him. And the so the book falls out, like slides out of her hands and onto the floor. So and you weird. know, it's quiet. And the floor is not carpeted. So that bitch is like thumping. Yep. 
And Will picks it up and holds it up to her, like, to hand it back. And he's like, I assure you, my recall is perfect. And Tessa's inner (laughs) boss bitch is like, so is mine. But she doesn't say that. She does, however, think about how this is the first time that she's been alone with Will since the rooftop scandal where he basically called her a barren prostitute. When they were (laughs) with other people, a gym buffer, if you'd like to call it. That's what I want to call it. But there's a gym buffer. Um, Tessa's kind of able to like push down the anger, but now staring at his stupid, perfect face and his stupid, perfect hair and his stupid, perfect collarbone and his damn it. Focus. You're angry, girl. I don't hate you at all. Not even a little bit. It's like fucking 10 things I hate about you. (laughs) Yeah. To add a little fuel to the fire, Will asks her if she's going to take the book back. Are you just going to make, is he just going to make him stand there looking foolish forever? Going to take this back? And Tessa? Be like, here, (laughs) take this. Take it. Tessa straightens her crown and turns into the ice queen, telling Will that if he'd like to use the library, she was just preparing to depart. And in my head, she's giving him the read between the lines stare down. Mm Mm-hmm. And Will holds his hand up and says her name. And Tessa looks at him and has a moment thinking how she just wants to tell him to stop calling her by her Christian name because it, quote, undid her, loosened something tight and knotted underneath her ribcage, making her breathless. And the only thing that does for me, like, the only thing that does that for me is my first sip of coffee, which is my own (laughs) form of true love. So, like, I feel you, sister. Yeah. Like your coffee starts saying your name. <sighs> well, especially like in the fall when you wake up and you've kind of got like that sore throat because like the air's go- getting drier, you know. Mm-hmm. I miss coffee so much, you guys. Like, yep. <laughs> Can't mm. wait. It's like Folgers in. I'm officially throat. in my third trimester, <gasps> by the way. So. Only a few more weeks until I can have some coffee. I love it. I'll bring you a coffee at the hospital. (laughs) I know I can't come in. I know. But. Have you guys decided on a name yet? We have. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure. We haven't changed. I'm pretty sure we're stuck on it. We like Olivia. And um, honestly, what sealed the deal. So when I was in high school when I did the child development class and he had the baby uh-huh. you had to make like a baby book for it and everything. And I named my baby Olivia. Aww. And so I've always loved that name. Um, but when Robin told me, cause when I told her I was thinking of that name, she told me about Livy uh-huh. is in this series somewhere down the line. Yeah. And um, it just, I loved it. I love the nickname. So we're going to have Lincoln Livy and Aww. it's perfect. So, yeah. so cute. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. And her middle name will be my grandmother's maiden name, um, which is Jobelle. Oh. And I have to figure out exactly because it's a T apostrophe J. Uh huh. So do I use T as her initial? I think I would use T, right? Not yeah. J. Yeah. yeah. T. T. Okay. Thank you. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's beautiful. O T L. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I should have talked about that in the beginning. I can't. But anyway. We'll figure it out. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) We've been told multiple times that people like our sidebars, so. (laughs) Thank goodness. Dealt with that. Okay. 
<laughs> you know, it's kind of Shadowhunter related. It's a name. Right. <laughs> right. <sighs> okay. So Tessa Sorry. doesn't want to sound ridiculous. So she's not actually going to be like, okay, you have to call me Miss Gray. But she does her best at mustering a monotone, yes. And Will That's looks, Snape. what she thinks for a second is like she describes as wistful. And then she like rattles the idea out of her head as he tells her that he thought that she would like to know. I just want you to know that he read The Wide, Wide World, that book that she said was her favorite book in the whole wide world when he first showed her the library. And she's like, okay, cool. How'd you like it? And he says that he didn't. (laughs) And Tessa claps back with, well, there's no accounting for taste. What's Uh. one person's pleasure is another person's poison. Don't you find? I probably shouldn't have done that because it was a direct quote. But in this scene, I love it. No, it was great. Yeah. I love it. And he's like, the conversation's obviously stalling. Like, Tessa is doing her best to be like, I don't want to be here. Right. And so he's like, do you have another American recommendation for me? And he just wants to keep talking. Yeah. Like, we know how Will feels, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And so we're privy to that information because I'm a pirate, apparently. That's the word I chose. <laughs> <laughs> and so he just doesn't want her to leave, but he still can't just be nice to her. Anyway, I am going to, like... As a statement, I'm going to do lots of small quotes for this chapter because mm-hmm. Tessa's on fire. And I feel like it's important to do her justice and not paraphrase her sass. This so. girl is on fire. Okay. Sorry. I had to. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's a requirement. Anyway. It's <laughs> basically a contract. Yeah. <laughs> so Tessa responds to that question if there's a recommendation with, why would you want one when you scorn my taste? I think you may have to accept that we are quite far apart on the matter of reading material, as we are on so many things, and find your recommendations elsewhere, Mr. Herondale. That stings. And this was the perfect way to put into place her desires of not wanting to be called Tessa anymore. She's like, I can't tell you not to call me Tessa, so I'll just call you Mr. Herondale. Wahaha. <laughs> Except she immediately Although, is like, that was a horrible idea. <laughs> she does start to feel bad because she thinks that she took it too far. But I want to be there on her shoulder like Emperor Palpatine urging her saying, use your aggressive feelings, girl. Let the hate flow through you. Because what she just said does not even come close to the shit that will pulled on the roof. Yeah, no. Okay. To- totally true. Yep, 100%. And now, Will has the audacity to be offended, balking Mr. Herondale at her. I thought we could, like, at least talk about, like, books. And Tessa (laughs) points out that they did. And he insulted her taste. Not to mention, the crown jewel of all the insults was that she didn't say The Wide, Wide World was her favorite book. It was just a story that she enjoyed. And maybe Will should suggest something to her so that way she can judge his taste. Mm. Okay, listen. And so will. Okay, sorry. Quick, quick sidebar. I apologize. Jem would have remembered what she said. I'm just saying. 
I feel like she might have said that though, and she's Maybe just she saying did. that to. Save I don't face. remember, but that's just my personal feeling. I'm just always trying I to don't. bat for Jem. Okay, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's fair. So Will, being the Herondale that he is, plops up onto the table, takes a second to think, and says, "The castle of Otranto." I'm saying that incorrectly, I'm sure. I don't know. And of course, Tess has read it. Of course she has. Explains the plot and then tells Will that she can't believe that he thought a tale of two two cities was silly. Like, you called my book silly? That book was silly. And it's important to note that um, she did, like, she read that book and she actually liked it, but she wasn't going to admit that to Will. Because he insulted her book recommendation, so she had to find a way to insult his. She's like, that trash. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Tom Petty's in the background. Yep. He's singing, (laughs) free falling. (laughs) You're both falling here. Yes, they are. So (sighs) Will says that he reread The Two Cities, and he's changed his mind. He no longer saw the story as silly. Um, There's too much despair in it. Sydney who, just as a reminder for you all, he feels like he sees himself as. Right. Like, he's Sydney. remember? So this character has no future with or without love. He knows he can't save himself without Lucy, but to let her near him would be to degrade her. And I'm assuming Will's trying to do his own read-between-the-lines statement mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's his way of kind of, like, subtly apologizing, apologizing or kind of letting her into his thoughts without letting her in anyway yep tessa misses it because she's just focused on discussing the book like she she missed his read between the lines moment and um she insists that that this isn't how i pictured the book his sacrifice is noble and will quotes word for word a rather long passage where to paraphrase sydney's talking to lucy um and he just like quotes it you can quote me on the quote, unquote. And then <laughs> a log drops in the fire and kind of like brings the room back to normal. And Tessa was getting caught up in his boyish good looks and charm and the fact that he was quoting Dickens. Gross. She had to keep her head clear. Okay. For a second here, I read that as he was wearing Dickies. Why? <laughs> yeah, okay. I would Dickies. probably have a much more positive response to that than someone <laughs> quoting Tale of Two Cities to me. Seriously. <laughs> so she's like, that's impressive. Like that you've memorized so much of the book. Good job. And Will answers by pulling aside his shirt, showing her a permanent memory rune. <laughs> it's like, it's permanent. And she's like, guess what? I do it without a fucking rune, asshole. Yep. <laughs> I just have a brain. Right. Motherfucker. <laughs> so Tessa's like, it's late. I'm tired. I have a headache. Not tonight. I'm leaving. (laughs) And so she steps past him because he's like, basically, I think she's standing in front of him. He's sitting on this um, top of this table in front of her. And so she just kind of steps past him away. And um, she thinks for a second that like he kind of looked hurt, but she couldn't be sure. And she just wasn't going to think about it. So Will calls out to her the name of another book. 
It's um, another one that you get to hear me butcher. And I think it's Bethak. Wait, Don't know. Hold on. B-A-T-H-E-K. Fuck, where are you? Second to the last paragraph. Paragraph. Vathek? Vathek? That's how I, I would say it. Yeah. Scream uh-huh. at me because I'm saying it incorrectly. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, she should read that. He thinks that she's going to enjoy it. And she's like, thanks. And he didn't answer. But when she looked at him... um, his head was down and he looked like his true emo colors had taken over. And she felt sad for him. And before she could stop herself, she said, Good night, Will. Oh. And he responds with, Good night, Tessa. Good night, Ma. Good night, Paul. <laughs> I can't think of the other people. Good night, Cindy Lou. Are you, talking, are you talking about Little House on the Prairie? <sighs> Or is that no. the Waltons? What is it? Yeah. Is that what it oh, is? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where they say goodnight to everybody in the house yeah. and it's at, that's the end. Anyway. They can all hear each other perfectly from each room. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> from every room in the house. <sighs> so she decides, like, she starts to ask him something to say his name. When at the same time, he decided to try to pet Church. Because the another log had dropped in the fire. And so Church was doing that cute, like, cat stretch the cat yoga thing and he just looked all cute so we was trying to pet him (laughs) yep and he actually ended up waking him up all the way and he got scratched so will started swearing and tessa left with a smile (laughs) so they both ended up happy with that the end of that conversation yeah right (laughs) cat scratch fever Okay, um, oh, make sure that you've read chapter four, A Journey, for next week's episode. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.